DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Good morning. Welcome in a Wednesday morning. Wow. Sports is here. We got RSL Soccer live at 7 a.m. from Orlando today. And tomorrow we got the Jazz first scrimmage from Orlando. So, the games are here. Uh, we're going to take you inside the bubble right now. Kyle Goon, Orange County Register. He writes for uh, the Register now. He used to write for the Salt Lake Tribune. He's covering the Lakers, and he joined PK and I right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So we know with the Lakers, obviously they're expected to be a contender. They're going to be without Bradley and Rondo. What does that do to their ball club and rotations? Yeah, I mean, that, that's definitely trouble. Um, and Avery Bradley, the thing that the, both of them bring something that is just truly hard to replace. And with Avery Bradley, it's defense, it's on ball defense. Um, a guy who really just allowed the Lakers to play the unique style they have with LeBron at point guard and then run back. And then LeBron doesn't have to guard, you know, uh, Damian Lillard and doesn't have to guard, uh, James Harden and doesn't have to guard all those really tremendous point guards in this league. Um, and that, that hurts the Lakers' ability to do that. And then Rajon Rondo, um, he's sort of the one guy on the team that can be a comparable ball handler to LeBron when LeBron is out. So, and, and so the Lakers don't really have a point guard with that kind of dishing ability. They have guys who can handle the ball. They have guys who can you know, dish off a little bit, but not anyone quite as prolific as Rajon Rondo. So it, it, it hurts them in ways that are really hard to replace. So I've read quite a bit about Kyle Kuzma, the X factor in all of this, given the guys who are missing. Is he going to shoot 30%? Is that going to improve? Can he be trusted to make open shots when everyone is, uh, is, is trying to defend the two stars and he's wide open? Uh, speaking of people you covered, the former Ute, how, how big can he come up in big moments in these playoffs? Yeah, I mean, this is kind of a, a critical time for him. And the other aspect of this is that, you know, his contract negotiations are coming up. And, and the Lakers have to decide whether they're going to offer him, him an extension. Um, sort of like, uh, you know, three years into Gordon Hayward when the Jazz said, hey, go get – go get a contract and we'll match it. And they did, but it's a similar situation. He's just not proven to that degree. And this year was supposed to be his big ramp up and it hasn't really been that yet. Um, So, I mean, I think Kyle has um, an opportunity really, because this is a whole new start to the season. It really can't, can't be compared to exactly what happened last season. And, I'm, I'm interested to see if this is a moment where he's like, you know what, this is my chance to kind of go up, seize that role, be the third man, which the Lakers have sort of started the year thinking he was going to be and then sort of retreated a little bit and said, you know what, our third man is the open man. So it's, it's just, it, it is an opportunity for him. It's, it's not, he hasn't done, um, you know, what he wanted to so far, but it's definitely an opportunity. So, when you say he hasn't done what he's wanted to, what were some of the reasons? Yeah, I mean, he's had injuries. Um, that's definitely one part of it. Um, he had an ankle issue. He had uh, stuff that kept him uh, – he, he had the Team USA injury that um, kind of kept him out of some stuff when he was really starting to show promise for Team USA and really starting to click there. So, he wasn't able to go 
to China and be a part of that. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, so that kind of from there, that set them off course. Um, and then, you know, it's just tough because he kind of had the green light last year to do as he saw fit, uh, to a degree because he was a starter and he might've been, you know, the second best player on the team. Um, and, and the, the Lakers were so dinged up last year and toward the end of the year, it was kind of, you know, Kyle Kuzma show because LeBron was less inclined to to play all the games, and it, it was just kind of a a free ride. Um, so I think going from that to being the backup to Anthony Davis is just a really tough adjustment. And he and the the team is so different. There's all veterans. He's kind of had to find his his fit and been clamped down a little harder for his mistakes. Kyle Goon joining us. He writes for the Orange County Register, covers the Lakers, used to write for the Salt Lake Tribune, of course. And uh, Kyle, I think we're all intrigued here. You know, the Lakers look like they're going to be the one seed. They got a pretty comfortable margin over the Clippers. But in the head-to-head games, it's the Clippers who looked a little more comfortable than the Lakers. How do you handicap that, assuming those two get to the Western Conference Final? I guess, do you believe also they're actually going to meet in the Western Final? Um, I think there's a pretty good chance. Um, and because if you look at the field, I, I don't know that there's two, there, there's a, there's teams that can truly challenge them. Um, I, I kind of want to see that proven. And, you know, the number, the other team that's sort of in that echelon right now is Denver and they've been beat up by coronavirus. And unfortunately those things are going to happen uh, in this restart. Right. I mean, it's just total unpredictability total just not sure how all this is going to work and things like that are going to happen guys are going to miss games because of um you know health reasons and it's going to be disappointing but it's going to happen so i you know denver has been beaten up as much by coronavirus as anybody nikola Jokic couldn't get over here from serbia initially and um you know they don't have all their guys to practice so and and even though the Clippers, I think, are missing some guys. I mean, the Lakers have everyone except Marquise Morris. Their two stars are here, and they're healthy. And, and the Clippers, maybe, too, most importantly, their stars are healthy. So I, I don't really see when those guys are healthy and the way the rest of the league is kind of ailing right now or just hasn't looked impressive enough. I, I don't really see how um, those, those two teams get toppled before the Western Conference Finals. LeBron has been very much vocal as far as social activism. What do you expect him to do in Orlando? Um, you know, it, it's interesting because LeBron has this degree of power that he can exercise it in a different way. And, I mean, you see stuff coming up on social media for him. Um, I don't know if he talks so much about case-by-case. Case. I mean, we've had a lot of players talking about Brianna Taylor this week. Um, including uh, Dwight Howard, Jeremy Grant, um, I believe, um, was it Fred Van Vliet yesterday, but somebody was doing it yesterday. Um, you know, I think that LeBron, the way he exercises is with money. And he started more than a vote, um, which is a, a, a campaign to kind of um, uh, influence uh, voter right, voting rights laws. And it's 
a little more surgical than, um, you know, wearing a shirt or um, saying something in a press conference. And I think that is the way that LeBron influences change. And that's kind of based off of eight years of, of trying to do this since Trayvon Martin. And you remember the Heat um, appearing in that picture with, with them in hoodies. I mean, that's where it started. And LeBron has been at this a long time has become more sophisticated in the way that he wants to influence these changes. I was half messing with you on social media, but I also was half serious. There's a lot of talk about um, free agents making a super team there. Do you think that's going to happen? Is there going to be recruiting? Everybody's going to look at LeBron and the Lakers first, but they certainly wouldn't be the only one. <laughs> wouldn't be the only ones. It was a question for your mailbag. You may not have seen it, but who's, who's oh, LeBron, I saw. Yeah, who's LeBron recruiting the heaviest? I felt the messing. I felt the messing <laughs> happening, DJ. I know you. you. You forget this. I'm not just. I, I didn't just get on this phone call and meet you for the first time, buddy. <laughs> uh, um, but look, I mean, everybody because of um, the Heatles. Everybody wants to talk about LeBron recruiting. I mean, the guy's going to turn 36 this year. Like, who's he recruiting? What, what everybody should be thinking about is that next generation. I mean, and, and to be honest, DJ, with, with things that have going on with, with Donovan and Rudy, um, however, you know, maybe some of that is, is put aside. Maybe some of it is not. But... They, they, people should be concerned about that, don't you think? I mean, they already are. Don't worry. They, league. they have been for I mean, a couple Donovan of years. And, and Kyle Kuzma are very close. Um, Don, Donovan is close with other young stars in this league. I mean, to me, that's kind of the scenario where you're saying, okay, is there something where this unique environment contributes to guys like that in that generation? figuring out a different situation for themselves. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's, this stuff isn't rocket science. It's sometimes when it looks like something, it is something, right? I mean, it's, it's, a, guy, it's a chance for a lot of these guys to pal around. Some of these guys are going to be here for months. And I think it will change a little bit when teams are competing. But, I mean, this, this, this exists, right? I mean, these guys are stuck here. And they don't. They can't bring in outsiders, and they're going to socialize with each other. So it could bring teams close together. I mean, for all I know, maybe um, you know Rudy and and Donovan fish every day this month and decide they're best friends. I don't know, but that I mean that the LeBron generation is not the generation to watch in terms of is the next super team coming from that that end. It's it's. I mean, all of the LeBron's friends are retired or or near there except Chris Paul, who somehow had an amazing season this year. But it's, 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 it's the next generation. He's Kyle Goonan. He's got to go to practice, so we're going to let him go. Kyle, thanks for a few minutes. We appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. There's Kyle Goon from the Orange County Register. When we come back, Southern California delays football. Riley Jensen, join us to talk about some of the High school football players from Southern California who are going to be playing football in Utah this fall. That's next. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. 
from Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Syringa Networks is home to complete business telecom and IT solutions backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Time to welcome in Riley Jensen, college football insider and recruiting expert. Riley, good morning. Hey, how's it going, fellas? It's going well. Riley, wanted to have you on because you started telling me about something uh, – a few weeks back, and then we talked again. You kind of updated and said it's picking up steam. And it was all because people in Southern California, well, in California, but especially in Southern California, <clears throat> thought there wasn't going to be a high school football season. And you were telling me that there was a significant number of players whose parents were looking to place them at a high school football program in the state of Utah so they could play, be visible for college recruiters, all that kind of stuff. How is that progressing, and how do you think it's going to progress now, obviously, that football's been pushed back to at least January? So th- this is a really interesting development to me. I, I'm, I'm really fascinated to see how kids are going to handle this. I was on the phone yesterday with parents of a kid um, who has 15 Division One offers who are talking to me about schools in the state of Utah. I've I've had at least 10 phone calls already with people from California. Um, I know of five, no, I I know of eight kids from California that are already on Utah high school football teams. This is before the announcement yesterday. And I fully expect that there's going to be a flood of kids that come to Utah. Now, now when I say flood, I mean, what what does that mean? There's going to be a significant number of kids that come and they change high school football in the state of Utah, in my opinion, uh, at least for a year. And if they like it, I mean, I I could see little brothers. I could see different things like that happening where they're like, hey, you know, this whole new COVID-19 thing, I can work remotely. We liked what we saw in Utah. We liked the environment. Uh, Let's sell our house for a bajillion dollars in California, buy a house that's twice as big here and put a million dollars in the bank. (laughs) And, And so... It's really interesting. I mean, they're looking, and there's been kids that have been placed, and I think, I think we'll see probably between twenty and fifty more players that come into the state of Utah over the next, and it'll be quickly over the next two weeks. And the reason why is because football camp has started for high school for high school sports this is technically the second week of workouts because they they have the acclimation period last week and then this week i mean it used to be that you had one week before games started but now they do two weeks of one a days instead of one week of two a days like they used to you say change high school football but does this doesn't mean that the rich get richer because these kids aren't coming into a team that won two or three games last year no, I mean I I think it is a little bit I think it is a little bit the rich get richer, but there's some schools and I don't I don't want to mention names because I don't uh, I, but there's there's a couple of high schools that are like hey Rouse I I really appreciate you uh, reaching out to me uh, we've worked really hard with these kids so far 
I don't I don't want the headache of what's going to happen with parents. So please just just keep me out of the loop and and I'll pretend like my head's in the clouds. <laughs> but there's others that are like, yeah, I'll talk to him. Yeah, he what he, he yeah absolutely. And then some of them it's just a, a matter of sending them film, and they're just like, dude, I I gotta talk. I gotta at least have you you know connect me. Now some some of the coaches are very very tender and very like hey man i i can't i don't want to be associated with any sort of recruiting but you know if they reach out to me (laughs) it's a really interesting thing for these high school coaches because i think they they really love the kids they're invested in but they also want to win right and so when when you see a kid that has 15 different offers it's hard it's hard to just say you know I'm I'm just going to stick with what I got, Riley. <laughs> right. So, so uh, is there any one position that is uh, moving to be seen? Because you know, when you got 15 offers, there's probably also the thought, "Well, I can only get hurt." And you know, there's all kinds of stories of guys who get hurt and then the offer gets pulled. So, right. Are there so, certain positions so that, coming or no? Um, I've I've seen everything from O line to D line to wide receiver DBs to um, I've had conversations with quarterbacks, but that's a position that, that coaches are less willing to like move on because it's just such short notice. That's the one thing I've noticed is a little bit tougher to move is maybe a quarterback position. But I've seen really everything. I've, I, yeah, there's a linebacker. There's yeah, there, I've I've seen every position that I can think of. Um, so it, it's um, this is an interesting development. I mean. I don't know if you guys remember the series Friday Night Lights, but they had a whole they had a whole deal where there was a hurricane in Louisiana, right? And then there's kids moving into Texas from Louisiana. It kind of reminds me of that a little bit. Like there's parents cajoling, there's uh, you know coaches like kind of going, "God, well, I mean, you know, this guy could really help us out. We don't we don't have a lockdown corner, you know." And there's there's different things going on that way, so. This is this is an interesting development, and then and then as I was talking to the parents last night of of this athlete that has 15 offers, I mean, and and there's there's just a lot of questions. Do I commit to a team and just call it good and not play my senior season? Do I play my senior season in Utah and call it good, but don't go and play in the spring in California? Do I do both? Right? How about a kid that that is kind of like. <clears throat> on the edge in, in the state of Utah? What, what, this is my question. Why wouldn't you, and, and I'm, I'm just saying, if you're like a, a borderline player and you're getting feedback from a coach that says, hey, um, we really like your film, we really like what's going on, we just can't tell how good you are because you play in Utah, why wouldn't you move down to San Clemente or Orange County in the spring and play spring ball? <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm just thinking out loud, you know, and I'm just thinking about different scenarios. If you're a Utah kid, why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you call around right now and start fishing around for teams that need a middle linebacker and you're a great middle linebacker in the state of Utah? You're getting some verbiage from different schools that are like, oh, we just don't know. You're kind of a tweener. It seems like you're fast. We're not sure. Go play in Orange County. Go play CIF in the spring. You know, I, I mean, I – It'll be really interesting to see how this works. I could see kids flowing into California in the spring that haven't been recruited. 
or or haven't gotten quite the look that they want and playing football in the spring in California. I mean, this this is a really interesting time, and this, these are a lot of interesting scenarios. Now, this all could be moot if football gets canceled in Utah. And, uh, I mean, there's there's just so much information out there. I was talking to an athletic director. I was talking to a major donor who actually – works with all the presidents in the state of Utah. Um, it's, it's a possibility that football couldn't happen. And if football doesn't happen, even in the state of Utah, I mean, it's a lot of money to, to, to the University of Utah program, to BYU, to Utah State. It's not as much to, like, Weber State or Utah, but it's a lot of money that is not coming into the program when you don't play football and they're not easy answers when you get up into the millions of dollars on how you just like plug and play or just really, uh, you know, replace that. Or, and, and I, I fully expect if football doesn't happen, we're going to have a whole different wave of unemployment in my opinion, because athletic directors and school presidents are going to have to make decisions based on the money that, and the revenue that's coming into their school. They can't run in the red. Talk about those parents' issues. So how about uh, player XYZ comes into California and takes my kid's spot, and my kid has been working for three years and doing everything right, and now all of a sudden he's out of a starting position. How's that going to be received? I don't. I, I think I think the answer is that it won't be received, especially the opposite here. I mean, I, I know parents would be upset if a kid comes in from California and takes some kid's spot, right? I mean, I, I think if it were my kid and – Let's say that he'd been starting for two years and some hotshot moves in from California and it's my kid's senior year and he doesn't get to start. I mean, that wouldn't that would feel very good, would it? I mean, I think I think vice versa. You know, a kid moves from Utah to California and he starts over a kid. I mean, it's just one of those things where this puts a, a lot of different stresses and a lot of different scenarios on a lot of different coaches. And I... I, I don't know what the result will be. I mean, I, you know, depending on the parent, you know, it's not it's not going to be pretty, right? And we all know that, you know, the, the the closer you get to the to the East Side Mountains, the more problems you have with parents. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, if you're if if you're an East Side school and you're taking one of these kids in, you're taking a risk. Those parents, those parents are not going to go down. They're going to go down swinging for sure. You know, there are people listening to this saying, I can't believe these guys are talking about high school sports like that. The people are moving time zones so a kid can play high school sports. This isn't pro sports. What do these people do? What would you say to those folks who are thinking that right say, now? Listen to this? I, I would say, okay, okay, but you're not willing to move your kid for the best school? You're not willing to transfer your kid for the best opportunity for them to go to an Ivy League school? You're not willing to move your kid around from – Riverton High School to Bingham High School to play football. You're not willing to move your kid for basketball for a coach that you like better. I mean, as much as I hate it, it's just kind of the way it is now. I mean, people are moving around all over the place to give their kids the best opportunity. I mean, there's 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 people that are transferring like two counties to be able to play football just just in the state of Utah. So. Don't complain about the fact that the kids are moving in from a different time zone when you're willing to move two counties for your kid to be, you know, in a different situation. Uh, I, it, it, you know, it's just hard for me to be, 
judgmental at all at this point. And, you know, some of the arguments that are made back to me are, are, are fairly good. I mean, I mean, if, if somebody comes to me and says, look, my kid is a pro-style dual-threat quarterback and he lives in the East High School boundaries and he just doesn't see East High School as being a great place for him to play football, and, and I'm just I'm throwing out a scenario here, so this isn't a, a cut against Coach Maddich or anything. And and he comes to me and says, you know, I'm thinking about playing somewhere else. You know, you, you start thinking about schools that use a dual threat quarterback in a different way than East High School does, and they're like, look, my kid's a 3.2 student. Like, this is his best. This is his best chance for him to get into to, to a college and to get an education for free. How is that different than a kid that that gets to move for free if it's just for academics in the state of Utah, right? I, I mean, I, there's some arguments that that can be made. Like, hey, I don't, I, my my son can't play at East or Highland High School and play dual threat quarterback and have a chance to play college football. So I'm going to move my kid to this other school, and then he gets a college scholarship. How is that any different than if we're moving kids because? They have a, a great architecture program at Alta High School and a CAD program, or they're moving to Waterford because you know more kids get into um, you know uh, an Ivy League school, or they're moving to the special program at West, or they know that Skyline has a special program to get. I don't, I don't see it as any different. And uh, although I would love for everything to be the way it was when I was in high school where you kind of played in your boundary and you and and you played with the kids that you grew up playing with I just I'm I'm not sure that that's the truth anymore. I mean I I'm just not sure that that's a a realistic situation. I I think it's idealistic in my head. So in a span of uh, about 48 hours the quarterback situation at Utah State changed dramatically. What is your evaluation of that? Well, I I I knew I knew that it was coming early, and I knew that there were some things coming down. I think I was a little bit surprised that Columbia was so ready to move, and you know, and this is just this is just purely my opinion, and I'm 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 putting pieces together on a couple of things that I've heard. I'm thinking that maybe Columbia was on his way out before Jason Shelley came in. And so Utah State was in a situation where I was like, okay, well, we got we to gotta get on top of this because we can't afford to lose Columbia, right, and then, and then not have anything in the cupboard. And Peasley's a good quarterback. Um, I, th- I think he's solid, but I don't think they felt as good about him as they did about <clears throat> Columbia. And so you go out and you get Jason Shelley and put yourself in a good situation. I'm not positive that that's the exact scenario, but even if I thought that as a coach, if I thought this was a possibility, I think I would have to go out and get the best quarterback available to help Utah State. And then, and then now, you know, you've got Devontae, uh, uh, sorry, I just spaced his last name, from BYU, right? And, and you've got him um, shoring up your running back position. I mean, everybody loves Jalen Warren up at Utah State, and rightly so. He's a solid runner. He is a little bit smaller. And so if he gets banged up and then you've got two running backs, you've got a two-headed monster like they did a couple of years ago when they were running all over the place, I mean, I think you feel good about the situation there. you're at at Utah State. I think Utah State really liked Columbia. I think the fans really liked him. They appreciated the work that he put in. 
And so I think it felt, you know, I, I think it felt a little bit bittersweet to have him leave the program. But it looks like he's moving on to Texas Tech. And it looks like maybe that was in the works for a while. And so I think Gary Anderson is just doing the best he can to make sure that they're in a positive situation at Utah State. So when Sielsa Mariner went up to Utah State in three years at Utah, he had 52 catches and four touchdowns. In one year with the Aggies, he has 63 catches and 10 touchdowns. Now, he's better. He's the go-to guy. They throw him the ball more. You know, the league isn't quite as big, isn't quite as fast. He can stand out. There's still NFL-caliber players throughout the league. You can just see that in the draft and NFL rosters. But, you know, up and down the roster, they just aren't quite as big and quite as fast. So having said that, should Aggie fans expect Devonta Henry Cole and Jason Shelley to make similar massive impacts and really take off now that they're not competing in the Pac-12? I mean, Shelley was 3-2 and two as a starter at Utah. Well, I think it's... I think it's um... I think it's always a question mark. I I, I do wonder. <laughs> I mean, and this is just me again talking out loud. Like, is is the only place that we can get a transfer kid from the University of Utah? I mean, is that is that the best program around? Like, their second stringers are better than our first stringers. I sometimes I'm I'm a little bit cynical about that kind of stuff. I mean, he did bring in a tight end last year that didn't you know, set the world on fire. I thought he was solid for Utah State. But uh, Mariner was a, was, was a win. Um, I think one of those two players becomes a good win for Utah State. But it's just like recruiting. If you, if you hit 50%, you're nailing it in the transfer portal. But if you're hitting 33%, you're like, man, we're not doing very good. It's such a fine line. It's such a fine line. If you get one out of two, you know, you're, you're – you're setting the world on fire, you know, with this transfer portal. If you only get one out of four, you suck at what you're doing. And so, I it's it's a little bit of a crapshoot. Just because they're coming from the Pac-12 doesn't mean they're automatically going to play well. But I think I, I do think that Sayosi Mariner is a great recruiting story for Utah State now. Like, look, you can go to the University of Utah and you can catch the ball 52 times in three years. Or you can come to Utah State and catch the ball 63 times in one season and sign as a free agent in the NFL, right? I I think that's a great story for Utah State right now, and I think they should use that to their advantage. Um, Will will it work? I don't know. But if if I was coaching Utah State, I think that's a great story. I think that's a story that I'm telling every day and twice on Sunday, especially when I'm recruiting a player that I think has some Pac-12 offers but I can offer them to play early and often and to be the feature guy by the time they're a junior and senior at Utah State and have a chance to play in the NFL. Riley, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks for checking in. Hey, I appreciate you guys. You guys are great at what you do. I'll talk to you soon. There's Riley Jensen, our college football insider. When we return, we'll talk with Aaron Falk from utahjazz.com. He's inside the bubble in Orlando talking jazz basketball next. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. 
DJ and PK is brought to you in part by Action Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. Spring into action now. Mention this ad and receive $33 off any service. Call Action today at 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333. We are joined now by Aaron Falk. Used to write for the Salt Lake Tribune. Now he's writing for utahjazz.com. He is in the bubble in Orlando, Florida, and he is going beyond his writing talents now. He is a master of all media. King of all media, replacing Howard Stern. Aaron, good morning. Good morning. I'm, I'm the Howard Stern you could introduce to your mother, though. <laughs> tell, tell all the ladies listening. Okay. You getting the whole uh, photography, social media thing down? You don't just get to write uh, flowery 5,000-word uh, stories, which is your go-to. Yeah, for sure. No, it's it's been... Uh, been um, fun and, and challenging, and you certainly gain a respect for all of the people uh, behind the cameras doing this work because it's it's definitely not not easy. So it's uh, nice nice to try to add a skill set, but you know I'll be appreciative when I'm back in in the real world and and having true, honest, trained professionals doing this instead. So as it reg- as it gotten the situation this is so abnormal but in a sense now that you've been there and the players have been down there that it's actually normal the way it is now have you settled into that yeah i i think there there is um some of that going on where you know you you first get here and you're not sure what to make of of it but um you know, there there is there is a lot of routine here. I mean, there's downtime in the day, but you know, every every morning you're going to get the the text message of, of the schedule, and you know, we got three hour blocks of practices, um, etc. Guys are going, you know, for, for treatment. There's testing. There's regular meals. I mean, the the, the day gets full um, relatively quickly, and you know, and then there is obviously time for for guys to to uh hang out and, and and relax but like you get in you get into that routine and, and it happened i think rather quickly and um guys are kind of settled in and and you know i think just sort of taking it a, a day at a time but but knowing you know and, and being ready to be here for the long haul so i get the whole you know there's a routine and you know life just kind of even even in disney world you know life kind of gets its own rhythm but i was surprised to see uh quinn's cancel a practice maybe it was a couple of them and i know it was one of them uh what drove that have they had enough of practice already is there a real sense of we got to get to the games um you know i I think it's it's a couple of things you know one these guys have after being off for for an extended period of time and and without sort of the the regular um training and and treatment that they would get during an off season uh typically are jumping into this and and they've been going pretty hard i mean they've they've been playing um you know i think quinn said he wanted to get get them out and and, and playing as opposed to just sort of you know game planning and and going over x's and o's for for hours and hours like get out there play five on five get up and down the court and, and kind of figure out who we are again um so these guys have been going pretty hard and then you know i mean there there are things you know beyond just the, the regular practice guys are still getting in the gyms um here late at night for individual shoot arounds or or last night uh some guys got to go through a, a kind of a walkthrough with the arena to get a look at, at what games will be like and get some extra shots up um and you know i mean there's there's no practice today um 
but it's there's still a, an out three hour block for guys if they want to go to um, one of the gyms here and, and put work in. And you know, you know, most of them will, will probably end up doing that. There's just no coaches there. Even though you've settled into a routine, is there any feel of isolation? Um, certainly. You know, I, I miss I miss seeing, uh, you know, just the normal people that you would you would see throughout your your day. Um, you know, I'd, I'd even be happy to see you guys at, at this point. But <laughs> you, uh, you know, I, of, of course, I think I think I've said before, but like you walk around the the perimeter and, and you you get the sense of like how small the space actually is and, and yeah you can you can that could trip you out a little bit if you let it but um you know at, at the same time these guys are around each other a lot during the course of the season it's when you're when you're traveling you know even regular nba season road games like there are you know you get into that routine where these are the guys i like to go to dinner with or or whatever and and these guys are around each other and they're friends and like even for me uh having you know friends on staff here it's nice to after months and months of of really being limited within our own homes um to be able to get out and and to feel like hey you know i can have dinner with with my friends and people that i i know and and haven't really seen for a long time so um you know there's there's a mix of of missing you know guys are missing their, their families no doubt but at the same time like this is this is a family and so it's nice to be able to share those those moments with people again so the uh, I, I'm seeing pictures of the grounds as people wander around. You know, it's pretty because, of course, it's a tourist destination and all that. Are you getting used to the signs about snakes and alligators everywhere? Because that'd be creeping me out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I, uh, I haven't – I've seen some lizards, no snakes, no gators. Um, Joe Ingalls has promised me uh, the authority on all alligators, apparently, uh, worldwide, that there is not an alligator in this pond. I've shown him – you know, maybe some news publications that might suggest he doesn't know everything about uh, alligators and crocodiles, but you know, it's it's okay. But um, you know, it's it's definitely uh, a, a different a different uh, ecosphere down here. I'm 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 actually probably honestly more concerned than alligators and snakes. I'm just going to be concerned about you know dying in this humidity at a certain point. <laughs> Have you been able to gauge the buy-in of the players when you hear someone like LeBron say he's all in? I would assume that would make it easier for everybody else. Yeah, I, I, um, within within the Jazz, definitely. I think there's there's pretty heavy buy-in. Um, you know, in terms of that initial getting over that initial fear of coming here and not knowing what was going to happen you know how safe was the bubble going to be um and then to see the numbers the league just announced yesterday that that there have been no positive tests um in in the last seven days and and i think before that there were two positive tests but those were actually um players who were not within the the grounds they were sort of on on a separate um uh, out of some someplace other than the, the three original locations because they were going through a separate type of quarantine. So guys have been really reassured, I think, on, on a health and safety standpoint. And then, you know, there are guys on each team and, and certainly within the Jazz um, who are the vocal types who are, are saying, hey, you know, we, we're here. Um, let's, let's be all in. Like, don't 
don't make this just a, a couple of weeks thing. Like let's let's make this a real thing. Like we're still here to compete for a championship. So has that really? Uh, I assume before the numbers come out, you already know people aren't disappearing. There's no whispers around that. That the whole stress over over how healthy it is really changed after you were there for a few days. Yeah, no, I ab- absolutely. I mean, um, I, there was some some skepticism. Certainly, um, I think that that's a that's a healthy thing for people going into a situation that they've never experienced. That has literally has never been done before. Um, but once you get here and you see all of the precautions and you see how serious, even you know the most high level star players are, are taking the the rules in terms of masking, et cetera. Um, you know, there there are honestly moments where I feel uh almost a level of guilt because I'm able to have a, a peace of mind that I that doesn't really exist in a lot of other places in, in the world or in the, at least at least in the United States right now. Um, you know, like I worked out inside in a gym which I hadn't done in months and I felt really safe about something I would not do typically, but given all of the um, precautions around here and, and just, you know, my confidence level in the bubble right now, like it was something I I felt good about doing. And and that's a a privilege that I would not have been able to enjoy in Salt Lake city, Utah. right now. How the jazz going to approach these, uh, whatever you want to call them practice games. Um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. These scrimmages will be, uh, they're, they're a little shorter. They're 10-minute quarters. Um, that being said, I still wouldn't be surprised at all to see um, Quinn Snyder and his staff go a little deeper in, in their rotations as guys are kind of still gearing back. You know, um, injury concerns still real after such a long layoff and, and don't think, you know, you want to you see what, what you have, but you also don't want to run guys into the ground for a scrimmage. So, um uh, I would expect him to go a little deeper than than usual, even though it's a ten minute quarter. Um, and that being said, yeah, it's it'll be interesting just to see what what they do to sort of try to fill in the, the gap with Boyan Bogdanovich out with that wrist uh, surgery. You know, how much faster are they going to play? Just given that they are a, a smaller team now, with you know relying more on Jordan Clarkson probably than than before and, and uh, putting the ball in Mike Conley's hand even more. Um, so I think it's maybe a slightly different style of, of offensive play, but, but yeah, I'm interested to see how deep they go and, and how you know much of these guys like maybe Juwan Morgan or, or Jarrell Brownlee-Mieoni, someone towards the end of the rotation might be able to get a, a couple of minutes here to, to uh, see if they can help out in the, in the long run. Aaron Falk joining us, UtahJazz.com writer. He's in the bubble in Orlando. You know, when this was first uh, talked about, I thought, well, some basketball is better than none, but I, I don't know how good the basketball is going to be in the playoffs. And I get all the asterisk talk about this season. It's so weird. Uh, but as we get closer, and I listen to uh, players like Joe Ingles talk, I listen to a star like LeBron talk, and I see that they get three scrimmages, and then they get eight games before the playoffs start. I'm thinking, I don't think these playoff games are going to be rusty. Maybe some of these early scrimmages in regular season games will be. But I think by the time they get to the playoffs, I think the basketball ought to be pretty high level. And I'm less interested in the uh, asterisk. I mean, it's still not going to have fans and you're not going to have to go on the road, you know, 1-1 because you blew a game at home and fight back. So it is going to be different. But I think the quality of basketball ought to be good. Is that kind of the vibe you're hearing as people talk? 
Yeah, I, I think so. And, and, you know, especially around the Jazz, they've been happy with the fitness level the guys were able to come back with. And by the time, you know, we're into into playoffs, it's five, six weeks of, of um, this sort of training camp between Salt Lake City and, and the run-up here. Um, yeah, I think, you know, it will be a pretty high level of basketball. These guys are you know, the, the, the jump shot's not just going to go away because they they've there's this gap in the season. Um, you know, maybe some connectivity issues with with teams early on, but that's what these scrimmages and these eight seeding games can can do for everybody. Um, I I would anticipate that. And in, in terms of the asterisk, I mean, I, I'm not I I'm one to really believe like these are such strange circumstances. Um, and, and to your point, yeah, of course there there won't be fans. There there won't be that same. You know, game seven feeling. Even if there are things done to try to recreate some of that, but like the asterisk should be. I don't know. I I, I can't look back on anybody winning this thing and thinking that doesn't count. Like this is such a weird thing, a difficult thing to put guys through in terms of being away from from family and loved ones for that long. Um, mentally, a, a strange thing. Like wh- whoever wins this is. The NBA champion in, in my mind, like there's there's no asterisk for me. This is a, this is, this will be a, a different sort of test of, of will and mental fortitude. Have you been able to notice as a city of Orlando, is it making a big deal about all these folks being in their community? Uh, you know, I, I really haven't um, seen much, and obviously we're we're isolated. We're not out in the city of Orlando at all, but just looking at, at news reports, I haven't seen anything. Um, you know one way or the other about it it's you know that you know that what the numbers in florida are they're, they're going down slightly but it's still um certainly a, a covid hot spot in in the country so um those are those are real concerns for for the community here but this what's going on here uh certainly not impacting that um at this point uh, so right now no no negative press that i can see How's the mood there? Aside from all the basketball stuff, are, are people actually having fun, enjoying themselves, or is it still it's just too odd and that can't happen? No, I think I think guys are are definitely able to to cut loose from time to time. I mean, I'm, like with, with anything, you're going to have some moments where I'm I'm sure you know you you look and say, oh, we're we've been here for two weeks, we got a lot way to long way to go. You know, that's that's a daunting thought. But um, on the whole, yeah, we've seen guys. You know, driving around on on golf carts, pretending they're on safari. You've seen Jordan Clarkson shotgun some beers. You've seen you know guys out fishing on the lakes. They're golfing. They are you know going on these late night bike rides. Like guys are guys are still able to cut loose. And the thing that like multiple guys have said is this feels like AAU. This feels sort of like you know being in, in high school again and having these sort of long summer tournaments. You know, there's gonna be times when that wears and you know maybe you just want to sit in your room and and watch tv or whatever but right now from what i've seen you know guys are definitely out there enjoying each other's company you know enjoying the the entertainment that exists here and and having a decent time well aaron thanks for painting a picture in the bubble and talking a little jazz with us we appreciate the time thanks for checking in no problem at all you guys stay safe there's aaron falk utahjazz.com writer when we return what is trending all the headlines on the way stay with us